Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi. Today we are finishing Masech de Shabbos. What a journey it's been. 24 chapters with Perak Chav Dalid, Mishnah Dalid, and Mishnah Hay. Says our Mishnah Mechatchan Esad Luyim Behema. One is allowed to cut up raw gourds in front of an animal, i.e., if you have a gourd. Gourds in their raw state are not edible for human consumption, but since they are edible for animal consumption, Therefore, one's allowed to cut up for the animal on Shabbos. That is to say, they're not considered muksa because at Erev Shabbos, or as Shabbos commenced, you assumed you had in mind that they could be used for your animal. Similarly, if an animal dies on Shabbos itself, you're allowed to take the animal, chop it up, and serve it to your dogs. Aye, the animal, as the Shabbos began, was still alive. But since you know it, an animal, it's possible the animal can die, therefore... Therefore, the fact that you knew that it could die, you have in mind that in the event it dies, I'm going to feed the carcass to my dog. So it's not considered muksa. And this is all according to the opinion of Rabbi Shimon. However, who disagrees with Omar in the available Arab Shabbos Asura. If it was not already a carcass on Arab Shabbos, it's also because it's not prepared. You can't say that in my mind, I'm thinking that in the event that it dies, then it's prepared. No, it has to actually be muchan prepared an Arab Shabbos in order for it to be used, barring preparation, then it cannot be used. This is a big machlokus of Yehudah and Shimon that plays itself out. We've seen it already, and we'll see it again. Although, when it comes to matir neder, annulling a neder, excuse me, mafir neder, mafir is when you annul a vow. You're not allowed to do so on Shabbos. However, a husband is allowed to annul his wife's neder. A husband has the ability, and a father has the ability to annul the wife and their minor daughter's uh, neder, respectively. They can annul them, and they're allowed to do so on Shabbos. And the reason for that is because you if you have to annul the vow on the day that you hear it. Once the day passes, and there's almost like an assumption that you agree to it. So you, because you have this limited time frame to annul it, we therefore allow you to be even mafir the neder on Shabbos itself. Again, you're not allowed to, typically one's not allowed to annul or matir their neder. That is to either say, I wish I never took it. Can you, Rabbi, can you get rid of it for me? Or had I known when I took this vow about the circumstances that would play out, I never would have taken it. So you're not allowed to do that on the Shabbos. But what if it's for something you need for Shabbos itself? What if you, what if you took a nether against, I don't know, you're not going to eat, eat cholent, and then that's going to be your Shabbos meal. So then, one is allowed to ask a court, um, in, even when it's a court, by the way, it can be one dying or three laymen to release someone from their vow if it's necessary for Shabbos on the Shabbos itself. Poking a samar, you can shutter a window temporarily on Shabbos. This came up before, even though it's not attached to the house because it's only temporary. It doesn't appear like you're doing the malacha bone. is matelis. Additionally, a person can measure a rack. That this again came up earlier. It's interesting how like, the last mission, in a way, covers so many of the topics that came up previously in this mesechta. A rag, as we know, in order for it to convey tumah, in order for it to convey impurity, it has to be three by three finger breaths, which is the minimum size that is considered a baggit, a garment, and then it can it can mikabel, uh, it can transmit tumah. So a person's allowed to measure. Although normally we don't do any measuring on Shabbos, you can measure a rag to see if it's the minimum size that it can transmit tumah. There's a mikvah. Similarly, a person can measure a mikvah to determine if it's large enough to qualify as a mikvah in order for someone who needs to uh, use it. Again, because norm, although normally these are weekday activities, we don't do them, but because they're for a mitzvah, we waive this rabbinic prohibition of measuring. 
In the days of Rav Tzadok, the father of Abishol ben Butnus, there's the following story. It's a little background to the story. There were two homes that were very close to each other, and connecting two homes was some sort of barrel that almost served as a small little uh, bridge, not one that you can go on, but as a bridge that touched from one roof to the next roof. And the issue was that in house number one, a person died. And then in house number two, the people were concerned that because there was a bridge of a barrel connecting the two roofs, the tumah from the dead person which we transmitted through, um, via the barrel from house number one into house number two. So in order to prevent this, what did they do? They took an earthenware container. Earthenware, again, does not transmit tumah or convey tumah. And they blocked up, they stopped up the window and shuttered the window in order to prevent the tumah from traveling. The earthenware, the earthenware which does not convey tumah, can serve as a blockade to prevent the tumah from spreading. So although they had this barrel connecting the two roofs, the opening on house number two was now blocked up with a barrel. Oh, excuse me, with an earthenware vessel, thus the tumor couldn't be transferred from house number one to house number two. However, they weren't uh, sure if this whole uh, this whole um, issue this whole issue was warranted. This whole thing was warranted because they weren't they weren't they were unclear, it was unclear if the barrel itself was able to convey tumor. Again, it wasn't an actual bridge; it was a barrel. So the barrel can only convey tumor if it itself has an opening that is um, has uh, what's it called? Excuse me. The, if the barrel itself was an actual vessel, it can convey the tumor. The problem is that this barrel had a gap in it. And if the gap is more than a tefach, so that itself would create a, a space between the two roofs. Again, picture it. You have two roofs that are adjacent to each other, and a barrel is perched between, uh, in between these two roofs, being balanced by these two roofs, or roofs, if you're in Chicago. Now... The barrel can therefore serve as a bridge to allow the tumor to go from house number one to house number two. But it can only serve as that bridge so long as that the barrel is full and complete. But this particular barrel had a hole in it that may have been larger than a tefach. If it's larger than a tefach, roughly three inches or so, so then the tumor wouldn't be transmitted. So these people, out of concern that it was smaller than a tefach, stopped up the window in house number two with an earthenware vessel in order to prevent the tumor from traveling. But then they said, is this really necessary? So look what they did next. The Kashrus and Mukdur Begami, they found um, some other, it looks like some other earthenware vessel that was a tefach, and they measured it to make sure it was a tefach. And then, uh, So what did they do? It seems like they took some other barrel that was a tefach in width, and they tied it to a reed, a, a reed with some sort of grass, they use some sort of a, a string, let's say, to tie this tef, this um, this this tefach, this barrel that was a tef, excuse me, this, this vessel that was a tefach, to this reed, and then they they pushed it up into the air. They held it in the air and held it up against the the hole in the barrel. So effectively, what they're doing is there's a, now, if you think about it, there's a hole in, in this barrel in the sky. You take something below that's a tefach wide, and you tie it to a stick. And you measure it by then pushing it all the way up and bringing it to the same height as the barrel so you can see if it can go inside, then you know it's larger than a tefach. If it doesn't go inside, then you know it's smaller than a tefach and the tumor will be conveyed. So basically, they created a contraption to measure the size of this hole. Again, by using something as a tefach, 
uh, wide and tying it to a stick. Now, if the thing that's a tefach wide can enter into the hole and enter into this gap, you know that the barrel is not a complete barrel, the tumma will not be conveyed. Whereas if it can enter, enter into it, then you know it's smaller than a tefach and the tumma will be conveyed. In, an interesting uh, contraption. Now, what, what do we learn from this story? With Ram Lundu, from this story, we learn three things. Shapokakin, one is your lattice shuttery window with an earthenware vessel, and that's because it's temporary, so it's not a problem. Umodidin, you're allowed to measure uh, something in order to figure out its status for a mitzvah purpose, and here it was measure the size of the hole. The kosher Shabbos, and lastly, you're allowed to tie a temporary knot on Shabbos. Mazel Tov! Mazel Tov! Mazel Tov, I'm completing with Meshach Shabbos. I look forward to learning Meshach Erevin with you beginning tomorrow.